want on the show. Behold the venom produced by the head of the snake. Gaze upon the fruits of its propagation of the global war machine. Commiserating its empire of destruction and misery as it slithers throughout the globe, bringing megadeth and agony to all. Beware the head of the snake. Stay vigilant, my friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023 AD. I am Franco Matei, otherwise known as Angry Tiger. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the holiday season can be a difficult and lonely time for those who are battling an addiction or trying to stay sober. This time of the year is especially hard. Missed loved ones, isolation, and loneliness for some of us. Yes, indeed, even if you aren't facing an addiction, the holidays can be a very difficult time. Tonight on Thanksgiving Eve, instead of looking for the things that we are missing, perhaps we should take a look at the things that we have. Gratitude is something we sometimes overlook. Everyone has something they can be grateful for. It can be as basic as just being alive, or perhaps you have friends and family to celebrate with. Or back to the basics, you simply have enough to eat and a roof over your head. It is very easy to look at the glass half empty. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you all to fill your cup with gratitude and look at the glass that is half full. I am very grateful for all of my viewers and all the people who share my content and support my work. And I am very grateful for the star-studded panel that shows up for these monthly addiction episodes because they care about you and I. Let your cup overflow with gratitude this holiday season. And be careful not to spill any on the floor. Life can be a bumpy ride sometimes, so hold on because you have the tiger by the tail. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, a sunflower of light shining the rays of freedom, liberty, and kind consideration. Ladies and gentlemen, retired drug counselor and Chris, also with us tonight. Oh, nope, she's not with us tonight. Also <laughs> with us tonight. When you look up common sense, they show a picture of her face in the dictionary. Elegance and intelligence wrapped up in one package. She has the heart of the lion and the gentleness of a lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, Karen Carpenter. And last but not least, resilience is his middle name. When you knock him down, he gets back up again. Ten times stronger. Jabba the Hutt has given up looking for him. Ladies and gentlemen, the mastodon of researchers, Chris Graves. Good evening, panel. How is everybody? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Nice to see you all here for our monthly addiction episode. And uh, I think tonight, you know, Ann kind of set the tone for this earlier this week. And uh, I, I really love the idea. We're going to talk about being being grateful and gratitude and, and, and enjoying and, and, and actually looking at the things in our lives that we can really be grateful for. So, Ann, would you like me to start off with the uh, with the quote that you sent me? Sure. Okay, let me let me get to it over here really quick. And uh, where is it at? Yeah. Did Tiger lose it? No, here, here we go. Here we go. Okay. And this says, gratitude is not a big word, but when it comes to overcoming addiction, it often carries the weight of recovery on its shoulders. Think about the last time you felt truly grateful. Did it make you feel happy? Did it make you want to make others feel happy? How long has it been since you felt a deep sense of gratitude? I love that quote, Ann. That was great. Where did you get that? 
um, online, you know, I kind of go in through some inspirational stuff and and kind of pick out what I think is, you know, appropriate for the show. And, um, you know, whatever hits me too, you know, it has to hit me in my heart. And usually, you know, I find something that's like, oh, that's a good one. So Nice, nice. So, uh, Karen, what are your thoughts on that quote? I'm grateful a lot. Um, I'm grateful. I've had so many blessings in my life, and I'm grateful to have met you guys, and I'm grateful for my daughter and my pets and my mom. I still have my mom. She's 85. Uh, there's so many things I'm grateful for. Um, but. I think that it's important to, to even just be grateful for small things every day, just for waking up, for uh, having your, your favorite uh, uh, tree or flower or pet, cat, just small things. That is what life is made of is the small things. So I think we can find gratefulness and meaning in those small things. And sometimes that's where you have to start. Nice. Nice. Chris? I'm just grateful to still be breathing. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm grateful to still be alive. And there was a time in my life that I wouldn't have ever thought I would say that that sentence, but it's true because uh, you know, I just yeah, I'm just uh, grateful that I have another chance, another uh, another chance at actually having a life, and uh, I'm not gonna. Not gonna mess it up this time, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah, Rhonda Tate in the chat says we all. Yeah, Rhonda Tate in the chat says we are also grateful for that, Chris. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a lot of friends and a lot of people that care about you, and you know, it's been a, we know it's been a really hard, long road for you, and 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 lots of prayers are always headed your way, and we're just you know we're grateful for you, brother. You know, that's 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 the one thing I, I can say for sure. Um, I, and, and, I appreciate that, but a lot of people have hardships, so I don't want to. I I didn't know. Let's just say I didn't. It didn't really dawn on me for a while that there were people that gave it gave a shit about me, and I know that now. And I I probably should have always known that, but sorry for the language, but it's true. I mean, there are very very loving and decent people out there, and for a long time. I didn't believe that. That's not the case now. No, yeah. You know, it. it I used to be an ingrateful, a very ingratitude, <clears throat> ingrateful person, especially during, you know, my addiction. I, I didn't. Everything was poor me. Uh, why is this happening to me? Um, wow, look, that guy's doing way better than I am. You know, all that kind of stuff because your your brain's not working correctly. And then after I got my mind cleared and it took a couple of years to get to where I am today, I, I look for the pleasure in very little things in life. I try not to be too complicated with the things that I look for pleasure for and the things that because they're simple things, I'm extremely grateful for them. So when I wake up every morning, you know, I pray. And when I pray, I, the first thing I thank God for is letting me see another beautiful day in his beautiful kingdom, you know, that he created for us. So that's, that's a big deal to me. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard sometimes because you get so caught up in this postmodern society, 
you start, you know, I, I said on my radio show, I think it was the other night, you start comparing yourself with others, comparing yourself with these, these rules that society has. And, you know, I'm keeping up with the Joneses and all that stuff. And that's a tremendous amount of stress that you're putting on yourself and you're putting, you know, you're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Your expectation. Yes. There you go. Potential and expectations, uh, that you're not living up to your potential. You're not meeting your own expectations, other people's expectations. It's tough. It is. It is. It is. So, so Anne, what, how do you, when you were, when you were doing your job in the, in the rehabilitation place, how would you get people to realize that, you know, life is a gift and that there's, there's these small things that they can be grateful for. Even being in that re rehabilitation place right. is something they right. should have been grateful for. What was one of your techniques or how do you, how would you tell them? I don't know if I had a technique, but, you know, I talked to them about like what they appreciate in life. And a lot of times they would talk about, you know, I'm so thankful that my, you know, I'm allowed to see my sister now, my, or, you know, um, I actually am able to get a dog once I leave here, you know, little things like that. So people would just start talking a little bit, but I also would encourage people. And I know people hate to do this, but I can't even tell everyone how important it is and how helpful it is to write a gratitude list. And I know even for myself last year, I was writing um, gratitude lists, you know, every day, even if it was stupid, you know, <laughs> like, hey, it's raining out and it's cooler today. <laughs> you know, um, For me, I'm grateful for the cool, cooler weather here. But so I think it's just like talking to somebody about, um, you know, the good things that they have. And, and usually people will open up and say, you know, yeah, I am thankful to be here. Um, I'm thankful for my counselors, uh, thankful for my family for supporting me. Um, so, you know, I think, I don't know, I didn't really have a technique. I would just start talking to people, you know, and I would encourage them to do gratitude lists. I have said it many times on this show, you know, you should write. I know guys probably don't like look at that like a journal. You don't have to have a journal. You can take a piece of paper and just start you know, writing how you started your day and, and things come to you. And through that, gratitude could come like, you know, oh, I, you could be writing, um, I almost got into an accident today and I was very scared. And then what happens, gratitude, you know, it wasn't that bad. I didn't get hurt. I didn't hurt anyone. So it really does bring a lot up when you write. So um, I too, uh, AT, I wake up in the morning, I say a prayer, thanking God for allowing me to wake up um, one more day. Um, and I thank uh, him for all of the blessings. Because sometimes we, you know, I can look around, I'm here and I've worked very hard for what I have, but you sometimes take it for granted. And, you know, I'll have to like bring myself back to like, there's people right now that are homeless. There's people right now struggling to find a place to live. There's people. So it brings me back to say, you know, you can't take this beautiful home for granted. You, you know, you are so fortunate. So I thank him for those blessings. And, you know, I even pray about my pets because I just adore my pets. Um, 
so there's so much to be grateful for, even the smallest thing. I'm grateful that we're getting tomatoes on our plants. <laughs> you know, down here, the, the, the season's different. So we're getting tomatoes, you know, yeah, you know, my husband loves to plant. So I'm grateful for his, his hard work and keeping a garden. So I don't, there's just so much to be grateful for. And I don't know if there's really any technique is just bringing yourself to a point where you start to pay attention to what you have, even in the smallest things. Paying attention is is of an important point. If you're not paying attention to what you have, what you appreciate, the little accomplishments, sometimes I start feeling really discouraged because I didn't get anything done. But if I look back at the day, what did I get done? I got a lot of things done, even if it was something small or just something got, I, I, I got a smile out of somebody in the grocery store line or a laugh or, you know, I mean, or just I, any small thing that you can accomplish that you can also feel good about that. Mm-hmm. I think we break off too big of chunks sometimes for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, that was, and that, that list, if, if you think you have nothing, and I'm talking to the audience here, if you think you have nothing and you think that your life is really in, in, in the pooper, um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but, you know, Anne's idea is a great idea. I mean, even for men, right? I mean, making a little list or a journal or stuff like that. I don't think that that's effeminate or anything like that. You know, we got a lot of guys here, they're tough guys, you know. You got you got, I ain't go got no diary. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've seen right. that notebook. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But you will be surprised if you have very, you know, even if you don't, you're not a rich person with yeah, look at that. See, Chris is one of the most manly guys I know. Look, he he writes a lot of stuff down. You know, I I write <laughs> I write a lot of stuff down too, you know. And but but that list that Ann's talking about. By the Here's time mine. you're done, you will have a list and you'll be, you'll look down and you'll be, wow, I am rich in a lot of different ways. I think we mm-hmm. measure this yardstick that we measure ourselves by can really get into your, you know, mess with your mind and mess with your feelings and give you a feeling of inadequacy. And when you're an addict, you already have that feeling of inadequacy because in the back of your mind, you know something's wrong, you know you're doing something wrong, and you know you're not really contributing to society. You're taking from your loved ones and and, and, and people around you. So yeah. I thought yeah. it was interesting. I'm sorry. No, I no, thought no. it was interesting. David Knight was talking about gratitude lists today. And I was like, oh, David, you know, I was gonna bring that up in, in our show, but he talked about it. And of course, um, I just need to say this like some of his uh, segments today, he became very emotional and he touches my heart because you just know that that's coming from such a good place, you know? So I was just really glad he mentioned it on his show about, you know, doing a gratitude list and um, all that. I mean, he's, he's just magnificent. (laughs) Can't get over how wonderful he is. Chris, what were you going to say, brother? Uh, nothing is good. No, nothing. Uh, nothing worthwhile. Let's put it that way. Uh, no, Anne was great with. Uh, yeah, the gratitude list. I mean, I mean, I, I I've been doing that for years, and uh, it does help. I mean, 
I want to give everybody in the chats a scream. Um, yeah. Rhonda Tate, Jason Barker, Harlan Stonewall, uh, uh, Uncle Vince there, Vince Agnelli. And then that's in uh, the YouTube chat and the Rumble chat. Levi, Narrow Way, Narrow Gates Ministry. Uh, Risha, Risha M. Um, Harry Hardhat. What's going on, man? I, I Welcome to the show, brother. I, I don't think I've seen you in, in the chat before. Thank you for viewing. Thank you for coming. And I, and I would like, and, and I'm going to start off with, with uh, Risha's here. Um, let me see if I can find it. Where is it? She said, I'm grateful for God for sure. And I'm living a breathe. She's a living, breathing miracle. She also says she's grateful for all her critters. Grateful to still be alive after 33 years of heart problems. And she's grateful for us guys and you guys in the chat. And I want to, I want to ask everybody in the chats um, to please, you know, please tell us what you're grateful for. I'll read it. You know, if it's in the YouTube uh, chat, I can put it on the screen. Uh, way cool Snoopy MJ what's going on uh, welcome to the show bro thanks for uh, thanks for viewing I really appreciate it and uh, he also says Chris great interview on Liberty conspiracy you know who I'm grateful for in our community I want I want to give a shout out to guard Goldsmith because he is a hard-working person and you know he 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 gives his all to the audience and and he he sacrifices you know his own you know well-being sometimes not on purpose but he doesn't feel good all the time, ladies and gentlemen. We should all be super grateful for Garden and his hard, hard work. I just wanted to say that. And he's tons of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Very engaging. Extremely yeah, he's a, he, he's a good friend, too. He, Absolutely. Good human being. Yeah. Absolutely. Harry Hardhat says, grateful that my daughter is in recovery. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, Harry. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a story with everybody here on the panel and with uh, with everybody you know viewing. Um, I don't think I've told this story on air. I'm gonna I'm going to do my very best to get through it without getting getting upset. Um, I'm I'm gonna try. So my son, you know, um, unfortunately he had followed in my footsteps, and uh, he was him and his girlfriend were staying here. They're married now, and they have I have two wonderful grandchildren from them. Thank goodness. I'm gonna see them tomorrow. And uh, very grateful for them. But he, I was in, in my room about, it was how many years ago? Six, seven years ago now. And uh, I'm getting ready for bed. And his girlfriend comes in. And she's this really nice, you know, meek, quiet girl. She goes, Mr. Matei? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I think there's something wrong with Anthony. And I'm like, really? What's, what's going on? She's like, I can't wake him up. And I'm like, what? You know, and I immediately am thinking, you know, you know, I know he's messing around with stuff. You know, he's it was hard. He, you know, he was stealing from me, all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, and I know he doesn't mind if I tell this story. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God. So I, I, I run out into the and he's cold. He's dead. So I pull him out of the car and I'm, you know, I'm calling 911. I'm screaming and yelling. My neighbors come out. We're, we're doing CPR the whole time. And he was cold and, and lifeless and uh, the, the, the police came and, the, you know, they started giving him Narcan right away and it took four shots of Narcan. And I, I, I was begging, begging God, you know, to please help, help me, you know, please help him, please, please, you know, please bring him back to life. And, and the, that Narcan woke him up. You know, when he coughed, I, 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 I can't explain the relief I had. And I can't, I can't tell you. That was I have I have been in a lot of insane situations in my life, but that was the absolute worst situation I had ever been through. And now today, you know, I just and this is Harry. This is some hope for you, brother. Um, 
that that now today he's he, he manages a, a big retail chain store you know he's got the two kids he's a hard worker he loves his family the whole you know that whole life is behind him you know now and and, and i'm very grateful for that and you know just to give you a little bit of the help or hope out there harry you know don't don't it, she'll be all right your daughter will be all right if you support her give her love bring her back to your provincial bosom you know if you know what i'm saying and, and, and keep close to her and give her the support she'll be all right brother she'll be all right so but that's uh that was crazy it was yeah. a crazy story yeah that's it's amazing i well, very scary. to be grateful for absolutely yeah. we just lost um, him, a relative to overdose in his early 30s that way so it happens all the time yeah well now you, so have the, you have the carbo fentanyl and the fentanyl everywhere and they put yeah. it in everything it's in everything you know i couldn't imagine being a drug addict on the streets a heroin addict or even a cocaine mm -hmm. any it's in everything i i don't mm -hmm. understand why they put it in everything but Franco, if you don't mind me asking, um, was that was the rock bottom for your son, right? I'm assuming. Absolutely, yeah. That was it. That 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 was the rock bottom for him. Because sometimes, 100%. sometimes it's not. Because uh, I've I've known people that they were brought back to life and they they didn't care. They just threw it, you know, threw it to the wind and uh, died again. Did the same thing. <laughs> went back to it. So, no, that's, um, that's something to be really grateful for that. It's, it's very scary, sad. Scary, scary rock bottom, but it's a good yeah. thing that he's able to pull himself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some people don't. And I saw a lot of people come through like my program a lot of times, you know, doing very well. My program was like two years long. So they would, you know, do so well it two years and then maybe like four or five months later they'd be coming back through because they relapsed and stuff so yeah it is a miracle and it's it's uh wonderful when people can you know um get this but some don't unfortunately and that's a tough part of what i used to do is i actually lost a client died and he was doing so well and he ended up dying but um wow yeah but you know um i saw he did he did so well and i saw him have a period of time where he did well and he was happy i he left our program and ended up you know um got a really good job and then ended up back drinking and he had a really bad liver already so um and they found him so what happened, I don't know. Um, but, you know, to keep saying, <laughs> you have to say, you know, he did have a brief period of time, a couple of years where he was happy and he was thriving. And unfortunately, you know, his, his alcoholism was powerful and he probably lost contact with supports and probably figured I'm okay now, you know, but, you know, isn't it there only two or three people, two or three percent that actually make it? Isn't it a very small percentage? It's actually 10 the last time. Yeah, 10%. But 
you know, I mean, that could have changed. It's been a while since I've worked in the field, but um, I, I know that I'm going to say this and I, you know, everybody knows that I'm a strong advocate for the 12 step programs. And um, I just say, keep going until you, I don't know, some people go forever. Like I said, my sister has been going forever. She has 30 years and she's still very strong in AA and NA. And, um, you know, and then some people grow and figure, you know, feel that they don't need that. But the cool thing is, if they did, they know where to go. Because after you have a period of sobriety or being clean, you know the signs, you know. So you go, you know, you have to go and seek the help and, and return to the rooms if that's what you were doing. I know that doesn't work for everybody, but I also want to, while I'm blabbing, <laughs> I also want to bring up, you know, holidays are very difficult. And Karen and I were talking about um, how the 12 steps have really great holiday parties usually, and they're huge and people can go. Um, I would highly suggest that if people want to have, you know, that uh, feeling of togetherness and stuff if they maybe don't have family or um, their family isn't safe to go, you know, sit with it at a holiday. And I also um, would suggest people in early recovery during the holiday seasons, if you're, you're going to a place where you know there's going to be a lot of drinking, maybe go there um, maybe 20 minutes before you eat and then leave 20 minutes after you eat so that you're not just hanging out with people. And as I said, not all families are alcoholics. People wanna have a drink during the holidays, but for people in recovery, that could be a big trigger that you might think I'm strong enough, I can do this, I wanna keep my sobriety. But, you know, this, I don't wanna say disease because people really get mad when I say that, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> this disease is very powerful. And it can just kind of slowly work on you. Well, you know, I did pretty good. I didn't have a drink. So I would just suggest, you know, these little strategies, you know, go a little bit later, leave a little bit earlier if you're, you know, feeling uncomfortable. And typically there's a meeting somewhere. If and you, need you may to not, there. you may just not need to go at all. Right. It's possible. Or not at all. Right. Absolutely. You know, the loneliness is is a big, uh, I think, trigger yeah. for, for for drug addicts. You know, it's um, you know, it's crazy. When I was when I was on drugs, and we would go to the, you know, there'd be a family get together. So you know, my mom would throw these big things. You know, or Italian. There'd be all kinds of people there. And be I was not. I was there, but I wasn't. I was just thinking about getting the hell out of there and going by. You know, to 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 get some crack rocks or whatever I could just to get away. And the drug dealers are always open and the liquor stores are always open on Christmas. I noticed that. And that's uh, not a good thing, you know, but, but when the loneliness back to that part of it is, is that's a killer right there. What do we tell people who don't have a, a network or a family or they're, they're sitting there all by themselves, you know, during the holidays, what, 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 you know, maybe find that meeting, find that 12 step mm -hmm. party or, or something like that. Is yeah. that, that I mean, you know, recovery isn't just people coming to you. You have to take steps, difficult steps. You know, if you're a person that's shy or 
you know, don't know how to mingle like a lot of people when they first get into recovery, it's very awkward, you know, but you have to, you know, it's part of your growth. You have to force yourself to do uncomfortable things. Um, and maybe even if you stepped into a meeting for 15 minutes and had to get out of there, that sure beats not, you know what I mean? Or you stand outside and smoke or something, uh, grab a cup of coffee and go outside because there's a lot of people who smoke and go outside and, um, you know, talk, try to talk to somebody. You can't magically have this um, go away. You have to make, you know, you have to take some steps, hard steps to help yourself, really. Right, right. That that's that's great. Karen and Karen, you know, um yes. we we've talked about your story, you know, and and it was a process for you. It was a process for me to to stay clean and get clean and and for the audience, you know, and, and so, you know, like I, there's a couple people in the chat that have family members going through, you know, a, a a recovery process. How important is being patient with that family member? How important is it to be you know, it, it, this, they might fail, right? This is unfortunately, I, I don't like calling it a disease. You know that, Ann. Like, I'm not going to, oh, Ann, why are you calling it a disease? <laughs> I, I don't like, I, to, for me personally, that's that's giving me a mountain saying that this is going to be, you know, something that I'm going to battle all my life. You know, I, I, I don't think about doing those drugs anymore. I don't, I, I just don't think about, you know, it's, it's right. you get to I guess I always put it, I don't look at it in the sense that you're looking at it. I, I always just think dis- ease i mean you're suffering right you're uncomfortable wow so, yeah well, i that, mean that's that, a big spin on it yeah wow i like yeah that. and that's how i kind of look at it it's like you're in disease you know doesn't mean that you have this uh chronic thing i mean there's people out there who believe that i think through the years they're kind of proven i mean i remember when they said you could never recover from hepatitis c you know, that you would have it the rest of your life. And that's not so anymore. So, I mean, I think since I've been, I mean, I always had a little bit of a different idea, no matter what schooling you have or um, where you're working, you know, you have your own thoughts on things. And I never looked at it like I have this disease, you know, or you have this disease. It To me, it was dis-ease. You're, you're uncomfortable. There's things going on. So... That's how I look at it. Right. No, that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Now yeah. I I see your point. Now it's a it's a little bit different from the, my perspective. But yeah. Karen, yes, so sir. again with the patience thing, how you know how patient and and do people you know they they need to be patient, don't they? Can you speak on that a little bit? Well, I know. I I I always had. I always knew I had my family there for me. And wow, I got very low, <laughs> really low. I mean, it was quit or die, literally quit or die. It was horrible. But they, they were always there. So I, I really I did my best. And, and I it only took me one shot. It, it was years of agony, misery. I was living in hell for probably five years. But once I got to that point it only took me one shot but it's i i just wanted to say for me something that i really get a lot of joy and energy and hope and um sustenance out of is helping people or being there for somebody who's having trouble so i consider it an honor 
to be there for somebody who needs something or who is alone or is struggling because I had people that were there for me. So that's where I find joy. And that's where I have a friend who's, he's pretty well off. He didn't have any siblings. His parents are both dead. And he sits at home with his two dogs and moans and complains. It's like, dude, you got money. You got energy. You got health. He's brilliant. Do something. Uh, start a dog shelter. Help some dogs. You love dogs. You know, donate to a dog shelter. Just help some people. Find a way that you can make a difference in the world. And that's where you, that's why, in my opinion, that's why he's so miserable because he's not giving up himself. And that's the way I look at life. As, but as far as patience, yeah, it, 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 it takes many tries. Well, smoking was harder for me. I, it took me a long time to stop smoking. And I, I would, and I didn't start smoking until I stopped drinking. And I started smoking at the AA meetings because I was tired of sitting there in a room full of people smoking. So I, <laughs> I started smoking. So, I mean, there were a lot of failed attempts at quitting smoking, but I just kept trying and I finally did it. So you have to be patient with yourself and you have to be patient with other people. You know, talking about giving yourself to other people, Mr. Graves, you, uh, when you're doing your podcasting, you, 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 you give your all your genuine, um, and you put out a lot of, of great content and, you know, you did that to the point where it, it almost, you know, it, it, it I'm not saying it a hundred percent put your health in jeopardy, jeopardy, but it was a contributor to that. And you also, you also trusted people, you know, and some of that, some of that went the wrong way and some of it went the right way, you know, and, and, can you tell people how rewarding it is when you do like Karen Carpenter just, just mentioned, give yourself to people, you know, that, that's a hell of a thing that you do there, dude. Mm -hmm. No, there's other people have helped me far more than I've helped other people, but I appreciate you saying that. But, uh, yeah, no, um, Yeah, I just I put <clears throat> I put too much energy into uh, I am way too trusting, you know, and uh, I put I put energy into things that are not as important as other things, you know, like I won't get into it here, but there was a there there was a relationship that I I've had for most of my adult life now and to ease the pain of the ups and downs of that, you know, it's easy to get used to different things, whether it's substances or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever, you know, just bad habits in general to mask uh, pain and some, some pain will never go away. And I know that doesn't sound encouraging, but it, it's more of a, a managing the pain. The, the um, There's a lot of people that are in a lot of mental pain, myself included. And you have to be grateful for things like we were talking about earlier. And I'm grateful for everybody that's in my life, you know, right now and in the past and in, in the future, hopefully. Um, 
I don't even know if I'm answering what you, you asked of me, but um, doing something like, well, I'll give you an example here, not to get into conspiracy theories, but I had a friend or I have a friend that survived the Columbine shootings. She actually was very, very important in terms of being a witness because she saw other shooters that are not a part of the official story. So being comfortable, knowing that she was comfortable and ready to tell her story, to kind of wake people up to a lot of these uh, shootings, we have lots of questions about. That, in, in, a, in a sense, uh, I felt very good about to get her information out there. But at the same time, I was actually kind of worried about her being in jeopardy for telling her story because she was actually dissuaded uh, very heavily from the, the police to change her story about what she saw that day. And another big, another big reason to bring her on one of my first podcasts was not only to tell her story and to get, let her get it off her chest, but also she was incredible in terms of post-traumatic stress and being able to get out of that, you know, that situation that just going to a rock concert, would remind her of something from that horrible day. So that made me feel pretty good. And that's kind of a long winded way of answering what you just said, but that in a, some small way, I felt like I was helping uh, not just her and myself, but you know, other people just knowing to question things, not to get it into, not to get this, this show into the conspiracy stuff. Cause I'm trying to wind down on a lot of that. But it is, you know, it is out there, corruption and things like that. So I, in terms of that and getting other people's stories out of things they may have seen that doesn't jive with what we've been told, that I feel like in my own small way, maybe I, I'm able to contribute. But I, I mainly at the end of the day, I, I like entertaining people and creating fiction, not horror, not horror in the sense of maybe horror fiction, but not horror <laughs> to add to the real life horrors that we, uh, we find ourselves talking about a lot, you know, right. Like the hair guy. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris, and I, I have to second this and I, I'm pretty sure that, that everybody else will, will agree with me on this. Um, dude, you help people a lot more than you give yourself credit for. You're, you are, uh, and Harry Hart said, uh, Harry, I'm sorry I called you Harry Hardhat. I don't know where that came from. Harry Hart <laughs> said uh, that you do a great job, Chris. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you what, Chris, your podcast, when we watch you, it's like watching, you're like a friend, literally, 100%. You're, you're like a friend to people. And it's, it's, it's a big mm -hmm. deal, dude, because there's something about you that, is is welcoming i don't know and i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not like trying to butter you up or anything so you go on one of my shows or something i'm, <laughs> I'm just being honest with you when from a viewer standpoint dude you are extremely a welcoming friendly friendly kind of guy kind of like a big teddy bear not to, not to molest your masculinity <laughs> so, well thank you i appreciate that Hey, we got Geese Busters. Thanks for the tip, Geese Busters. And, and MJ, thanks for the tip. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. So, Can I just say one, one, one last thing? You could say um, more than one last thing, Chris. You have the floor. Well, no, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to take, uh, a, take the time publicly just to uh, 
just to remember a friend of mine that he was struggling uh, in 2019, 2018, and he ended up dying of fentanyl. And uh, I met him at a time that he was doing very well in a program. And even if someone appears to be like the superstar of the uh, the program, that may not be the case inside. And because it was it was not too long after that that he left uh, two two little kids behind, and uh, he seemed to be like he he was literally the superstar of this rehabilitation group, and he ended up uh, not making it. So that was. January of 2017, so it's even longer than what I'm thinking, but it seemed like yesterday. And that same year, I lost like 12 people that I knew to fentanyl. Wow. So that was the actual pandemic before what we were presented in 2020. The fentanyl, and it still is. So that is a scourge upon this nation right now. It, it literally is, and they and they, I'm not trying to be you know go into the weeds. I know this is an addiction program. They let the crap come in. Yeah. They're letting it come in. And now even one of the drug cartels, one of the bigger drug cartels, they're they're like policing their own cartel to make sure that that doesn't that's not coming in. I don't know why. Maybe because they don't want to lose customers or something, but but for some strange reason, they're you know, they they're even policing it, you know. It's it's horrible. What does it say? You, you know, I guess I, I guess this is a question for you guys a little bit. It's not off topic, but it is. What does it say about not only the mental but spiritual health of our country when we have this this horrible addiction issue going on? It is worse than I think the crack epidemic. I grew up, you know, during the eighties, and don't do drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Dare all, that's all gone. I don't see any of that, and we're in the grips of one of the worst drug epidemics in in the nation's history. What do you, what do you, Ann, what do you, what do you think? Why, why, why is everybody all of a sudden, I mean, the numbers exponentially of addiction of, of shooting through the roof, they're like a hundred percent more than they were 10 years ago, even just 10 years ago. What do you, what do you think, Ann? I, I agree. It's terrible. And I think it's just, um, there's been, well, look at what's going on. I mean, look at how many things are going on every day. We're bombarded with, you know, you, and you also have like parents that are kind of absent. You have, you know, people are working really hard to try to survive and stuff. And then, I mean, there's just so much thrown at us and they don't care. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, they don't care. I, they have like open air, right? They have where you needle exchanges. They have all these things, which I always was against. And believe me, that didn't go over big where I worked because I worked with a lot of social workers. And I was like, I, I disagree with that. You know, I mean, you can give clean needles out all you want. People might share anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, there's just so much. And people like look at what they're trying to do. They're trying to get rid of, you know, um, God. Uh, and I think that's the big piece is that, you know, a lot of people are not connected to a higher power or whatever, you know, uh, you might call on um, God. But, um, you know, we've all kind of got just... Uh, you know, bombarded with so much. I, I, even for myself, every day. I mean, there's days where I'm like, I can't listen to anything. 
I cannot listen to anything more. Not that I walk around depressed, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how are we supposed to change all this? And then, you know, you have people, young people dying from this damn drug, you know, on top of it. But I just think the world's a mess and people don't know how to deal with it and they don't know how to reach out to people and they don't know how to like have a connection, spiritual connection. They just don't know how to. I know many younger people, I mean, I'm old, I'm so much older than all you guys, <laughs> but I don't, I am like, Not I don't. as much as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 85, um, and <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, but uh, I, you know, like I don't hear younger people taking their, not too many, I, I shouldn't like put, make a blanket statement, taking their, their kids to church to even give a foundation. And I'm not saying church is the answer. I'm just saying for a foundation, um, families are just split up. Uh, marriages are split up instead of, and I understand sometimes it happens, it needs to happen, but a lot of times it's like I give up and I'm not even going to bother anymore. So look at, I mean, why wouldn't some people just say the hell with this? I can't deal with it. I can't cope. I don't know how to cope with it. This makes me feel um, numbed out to it all. So our words a mess. Is what, all what I do you can think, say. Karen? What, why do you think uh, it's it's turned into you know this horrible huge issue worse than it's ever been in this country? I think there's a general lack of meaning, connection, purpose, community identity uh conversation hard work satisfying work getting rewarded for your hard work uh having meaning in your family and your community and your church and um not being anonymous when you walk down the street all of those things we aren't meant to live like this no and technology uh the isolation from the technology everything that's human we've just been losing it piece by piece by piece and we are not meant to live like this. And then you, I personally feel that the are the stabbies we're giving to children and uh, is um, I think it may even be uh, affecting their ability to connect with each people and with a higher power to with God, even possibly uh, I don't, I, I don't know, but it, it wouldn't surprise me actually. So I think that it, it's everything. It's everything. The, the most powerful we, thing we can do is spend some time with the child, teaching them skills and or talking to them, teaching them um, to sow or to grow a garden or, you know, raise some vegetables with your grandkids or your kids, mm -hmm. read some books go places, take a walk. Um, that's so important. And it's lost. It's, it's, that's why I think it is. And there's excellent. no safety net. There's no safety net. Uh, yeah. Both of you guys, excellent oh, answers. Chris, what, what do you think, man? Why, why has everybody gone out of their minds and shooting fentanyl in their eyeballs? <laughs> I, I have to, I got to give some, I'm not trying to like, like, say you know uh, not i got to give some levity guys because this is a very it's you know it's deep. i'd like to hear what people in the chat were grateful for i think that was a wonderful idea 
I've got after Chris answers, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a couple of things in the chat, and then I'm gonna give you guys my answer. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, just being bombarded by uh, horrible news all day, every day. Um, yeah, I I've been making an effort to get off of Twitter. You know, not checking Twitter twenty because it's like we're 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 programmed to be programmed. If, if that makes any sense, or or whatever. Um, yeah, no, we're hurting as a species. Not even just a, not even just a, the planet or whatever. Just it's a sad state of affairs, and uh, we're all we're sick. As uh, was a hive mind or whatever. Yeah, it's yep. uh, it's a sick uh, hive. And this is a <laughs> symptom. This is a big yeah. symptom. It's a sick hive. <laughs> I agree, dude. Uh, we got we got some comments. Way cool, Snoopy says your guys's programs, and that's MJ. Everybody who doesn't know your guys's programs make a huge difference to many people, including me. And then um, what else do we have here? Uh, Harry Hart says we feel everyone's pain when it comes to addiction, and he wants to know where Jeff is, Karen. And then. Um, <laughs> Here's, here's one from Risha M about her niece. My niece is a heroin addict. She's in the system, but still uses. Don't know why probation keeps letting her out. Um, she's permanently destroyed her brain with fentanyl-laced heroin. Guard's got a really good comment here. The abject self-promotion through media, the selfishness, the disconnection from God, and the hubris of man. Um, that's that's really that's really a good one, Guard. And then Risha adds that addicts uh, use it addicts that are using raising their children to be addicted yeah monkey see monkey do i i i have a, a you know a, a take on this and, and and we've talked about this on the show before and it's called the power process and it's called being removed from from nature and the things that like you guys all alluded to in this postmodern era we don't do the things that we're built to do we're walking on concrete right in in shoes you know and, and you know you, you need footwear and all that but well, what i'm saying is we're walking around in concrete surrounded by steel metal concrete we travel to and from places at a speed that is not natural we we have to think in a different way than we would if we were natural the agri the agrarian lifestyle that would build the connections with our families and our communities has been taken away from us completely we are not allowed to plug into nature at all and, you know, when I, and I say that because when you're addicted, it's extremely primal. It is the same feeling as when you are hungry and you need something to eat. You're like, ah, oh, I need something to eat. I'm starving to death. And what do you do? You stop everything you're doing when you're really, really, really hungry or thirsty. And you, you make sure that you feed that craving that because you need to, because you're alive. And when you're addicted to things, it's that same sense of urgency <laughs> mentally that you have. And I, and I notice that when I hunt, when I fish, when I garden, gardening's a little bit different. There's still an expectation of what you're going to get out of it and stuff like that. Just like with drugs, see drugs, drugs has a lot of that natural. How could I say you're expecting something you're looking for, you're hunting for something, you're gathering something. It's like what they call the mission. You're on a mission. That's what it's a lot of drug addicts call that. A reward yeah. or a gratification at the end. And yeah, and the gratification, but you can get all these things naturally. And I think this postmodern society has taken us so far away from that and it's made our power process. And when I say that, it means you go through, if you were living a more agrarian lifestyle, you would wake up, 
Your goal is to make sure you have enough food for the winter or that day or take care of the animals, take care of the, you know, and people who farm and have animals know about this stuff and hunt. And you got to make sure you, you got all the things you need to survive. And you're driven to do that. And that takes a lot of mental power. It takes a lot of physical power. And at the end of the day, you sit back and you say, even if you didn't get all your goals made, but you say, wow, I got this done. I got that done. I have enough food tonight. You know, we're good for the winter or the harvest was good. Or I, I bagged that piece of meat that I needed to get out hunting. My traps are full or whatever. I caught that fish. And there's that goal mm -hmm. that you, you, you were able to have a goal, obtain the goal, and you get the satisfaction from getting that goal. And drugs fills that void, I believe, that has been created by the postmodern society. And that, that's just my kind of take yeah. on, on that. Industrialization and moving into cities has been an absolute disaster, absolute disaster for, the, for us. A absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That, that that's a great one uh uh, uh uncle vinnie said unless you drive a ford product day two then you're bound to do a lot of walking <laughs> so i drive a ford <laughs> shoelace express and then ron ronda's got one here the duponts created the rubber shoe sole that yeah that's when we stopped grounding and raybo what's going on raybo's goat welcome to the show brother good to see you in here he says there's a study just done that says more than trace amounts of lithium in 35 popular brands of drinking yeah. water. What in tarnation and thunderation is lithium doing in our drinking water? It's also coming from the sky. Yeah. It's just saying. Yeah. You're right. Speaking of that, I, I usually get up in the mornings and do like some laps with my little Yorkie. And I'm not kidding you. This morning, I our whole area was being sprayed so bad. And then all day long, all I did was sneeze and cough. And you know, I was like, they're totally spraying us to death, you know. Um, and I know like everywhere people have the 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 chemtrails coming down on them, but you know, who knows what's in there that's making us, you know, ill, sluggish, uh, depressed. I mean, and lithium, come on. Like mm -hmm. you're going to be motivated if you're having lithium in your system. So, yeah, it does not surprise me. And I would suggest it's very expensive, but if you could start saving, get a Berkey water yeah, filter. Right. Oh, absolutely. I, or I've had mine for a very long time and I've used it. Us. even up north on um, the water here in florida is terrible and i'm so thankful for it and supposedly i hope i never have to try this but supposedly you can put pond water in there in in a you know a catastrophe situation and it will clean and purify that out where you can drink the water now i can tell you that you put red dye in it you know to kind of test it and no red dye comes out of the spigot. So um, if you can, save, 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 save for Birkin. And do it before, you know, I think David Knight brought up that they're trying to, uh, like, ban it or I don't they're know. Trying, yeah, they're trying to make a, a medical-grade thing where, you know, because there's there's the silver inside there. Yeah. And I, I use Pro One. Berkey, um, those are the two brands that I know I've done heavy, heavy, heavy research on this. Yeah. Those, those will take out, like you said, you could take contaminated water, dump it in there and drink it. 
Yeah, I, I hope I never have to try that, though. No, 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 me too. But, uh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Plastics is another poison. Yeah. And I agree with Rhonda down here. And she's she's agreeing with you in many facets of attack, she says. Yeah. And From every we are animal. under e an enormous amount of, a, of attack. And, yeah. I'm, you know, and back to the addiction thing. How, you know... I, I really in our community, I want to focus on our community for a second. All our viewers, the people, this stuff, like Chris said, I look at this stuff. I do that tiger and snake financial report every week. And by the time I'm done doing the research for the report, I'm miserable. I am disgusted because I look at it and I know what's going to happen and I know what's coming and I know what's going to happen to me and all the people that are viewing and all my friends and my family and it, it it's a lot, a lot to, to look at that and deal with. And then from a viewer standpoint, they're taking all this stuff in all the time, right? You yeah. you know, they say, I watched the David Knight show. Then I, you know, Liberty Conspiracy. And I'm not down talking any, don't stop watching the shows, guys. Right. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you need a break, though, yeah. from the grim. You can't stay right. in the grim all the time. Because if you stay in the grim all the time, guess what? You're going to be grim. Yeah. You know? Or hate people. Oh, the sheep. When I was listening to Alex Jones, yeah. I drove around, you know, hating everyone. The guy in the car next to me who's never done anything to me ever in my life. I hate this guy. He's probably some sheeple, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's he doesn't my know car gay. I have the documents. Yeah. He's just <laughs> bottled aggression. He's just aggression. So don't let that happen to you either. I always tell people, don't, don't I don't like calling them the sheeple. I don't like calling them the normies. Yeah. There are people who don't know. And you got to realize when you go to tell people this stuff, you're asking them to take everything that they believe and you're turning it on their head. That's again, like asking an addict to immediately quit. Yeah. Well, you can't do it that way. You cannot do it that way. Oh, the riggers in the chat. What's going on? My very, very good friend, the rigger. Uh, he said, happy Thanksgiving, Tiger's Den. And he said he he had to chill on that stuff, too, and take it in small doses because of what we were talking about. Hey, man, yeah. thanks for watching, Rigger. I really appreciate it, brother. The Rigger, he's a badass. Is there anything like the digger, the grave digger? Something like that, yes, yes. All I have to say is violent fury. Go look that up, everybody. <laughs> well, be surprised like, I remember that. It's like any of these subjects that, I was mentioning like JFK or 9-11 COVID. You can't throw a newbie into the, the deep end of the pool. You kind of have to gradually. And I guess with addiction, not, I guess, but with addiction, I thought there was a correlation there, but my, I'm sorry. I've had some brain damage folks. Um, I thought I had a coherent thought there. No, I agree with every, what everyone just said. Yeah. Um, you can't give people too much at once or they'll lose you. Their eyes yeah. will glass over, gloss over, mm -hmm. and they won't hear anything else that you say, you know? And that's kind of, Franco, that's kind of like I feel like you get upset about, and rightfully so, when people are trying to, you know, introduce certain themes like flat earth or the reptilian thing and you're basically at the starting point of just describing the federal reserve to a newbie right. and a lot of people don't even know what the federal reserve is still you know right. i have a big problem you, you really touched on something here um 
before I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to calm down and I'm going to read Levi's comment. Um, I Levi says, I can appreciate what you feel, Tiger. I go to bed every night knowing that tens of millions in this nation are going to die in the coming judgment. People just won't listen. But um, here's the thing. I'm not disparaging anybody that believes in flat earth or reptilian people or, or the Nephilim and the Anunnaki and all that. And there's a lot of Gnosticism in my opinion involved in that, but it's poisoning the well to a certain extent because you have to be extremely researched. You have to really kind of, you're talking fantasy to them. They don't understand that. It's almost like trying to convert somebody. It's very hard to convert somebody to a religion. You're asking them to to go out on a leap of faith when we have plenty of real things that, you know, I had a lot of people attack me for not, you know, saying, oh, you know, Maui was a, a DEW, you know, a direct energy weapon. I can't prove that. Nobody else can. Okay, so when you say that, you're, no, they're not going to listen to anything else you say because they think you're a kook because he, they're not looking at the same stuff we're looking at. Same with the lizards and the, all the other stuff. You can't, or you know, Hillary Clinton drinking baby's blood and all. You can't, even if it's true, you can't, you can't tell people who don't are not looking at this stuff about stuff you can't prove. We have plenty of stuff that's real that we can prove. The fluoride. You try to get somebody to, to listen about the fluoride in the water, and then, you know, anybody who's talking about that, guess what? When you're on Rumble and you say, hey, here's my channel, I've had a lot of people, oh, look, underneath the channel is some reptilian guy, you know, with a lizard coming out, you know, a tongue coming out of his mouth through his ears and, you know, in one ear and out the other. And that's, that's you know, it's, it's not cool. In reality, the fluoride thing, right? Nazis were the ones that were starting to use that first, I believe, yep. right? To yeah. make, yes, make the public all docile. So we took Hitler and uh, the Nazis. We took their uh, their MO when it comes to dumbing down the populace, right? And that yes. comes straight out of Nazi Germany. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's. And that's the but thing. That, I mean, there's proven, like you were saying, like you can back that up. That's tangible. I can explain fractional reserve banking and pulling money out of the now into the future and how it devalues the dollar and all that. I, I can do all that, but it's, you know, I can't show them the lizard people. I can't show them Joe Biden's wearing a mask. I don't think Joe Biden's wearing a mask. I, I don't, I don't think any of that stuff. If you guys, you know, everybody listening here, I know my audience is very learned. Q. All right. the Q, Q took a lot of that stuff. Right? Yeah. And what did that yeah. do? Everybody thinks that anybody who supports Trump, and, and I'm not saying that if you support Trump, you're an, I don't support Trump. Everybody knows. But everybody in my chat, everybody viewing knows about Q. That's a CIA COINTELOP. That is to make people look crazy, you know? And I also think the voting fraud thing, I mean, I mean, we're going off the rails a little bit. That was shown on purpose. I don't think we vote our presidents. And you're, I mean, you're being childish if you know if you know all the information that we know and you think you're voting our presidents, and that's childish to even think that. So when they showed all the fraud in the voting, we know there's fraud going on in the voting, even though it's it's a selection process, not an election process. We know mm -hmm. that fraud exists. They're throwing it in to get people frothing mad. To you know, it's just it's it's and also to give the illusion that people have may possibly have power they're they're pretend they're they're keeping the illusion going and the 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 illusion that people do have voting power 
I don't think that's for us. I think that's for the general public that that, that the that's going on. I think we can't. I, one thing that I've done is just show people the labels on food, the GMO and the organic, and explain what it is in the grocery store. Little things like that. You know, I don't go to. I know the history of fluoride, but I don't go there. I just say it's a neurotoxin, and I'll show them an article that says it's a neurotoxin. But I'm not going to say, you know, and Hitler used it in the concentration camps or whatever, you know. But, I don't even mean that. But I mean on the German people themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like with the GMO in the Florida, you just tell people, you know, we're the only country, Western country in the world that allows these things to happen. Right. Even Russia does not allow GMO. Right. It, you know, I mean, just stuff like that. You know, I've, I've woken a lot of people up that way with just the food stuff, you know. Yeah. So. I used to do it with, with the sky in the parking lot. I'd be pushing my shopping cart along and say, gee, you know, and somebody would say, oh, I know. What is that? And so I would, <laughs> I would send them a link to Frankenskies or some documentary. And that's where I used to start before COVID. And I, I corresponded with a lot of people that way. Sent a lot of links to people about different subjects. I still yeah. talk about the chemtrails all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it just annoys me. I mean, you get in your car and you're like, what the heck? Well, it's it's like, I don't even want to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got an older couple who are friends. Um, I pointed it out to uh, my friend. She's like 80. I'm like, this isn't normal. The, do you ever, I like, why are they crisscrossed? Those are not, <laughs> you know, jets don't crisscross like that and that now she's like oh my god she'll like send me a message oh my gosh those chemtrails are terrible today so yeah. you know it is a good way all you have to do is look up at the sky and yeah. know that it's not normal but it's an my easy way to open it up showed all the guys at work and so now they all stand and watch them together and then my mom sees them now and another friend says to me i pointed him out she said what do you think i'm a chemtrail denier because she had not believed in them earlier, but now she's like, I'm not a chemtrail denier. <laughs> well, you know, and here's the thing. When I explain chemtrails to people, I don't say, oh, they're dumping, dumping acid on us so it melts our, yeah, you know, melts our brain. I tell them they're geoengineering. Look it up. It's a real thing. And yeah. whether they're, they're doing it to geoengineer stuff or they're doing it to kill us, who gave them permission to dump stuff all over the place? Right. You know, right. they, 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 there's nowhere in the Constitution that gives anybody permission to dump right. stuff all over the place. You, you know, so, I mean, that's a good way to, to, to do it, to, to tell people stuff like that. Um, but back, yeah, yeah. back to, we're running a little long in the tooth here. But um, back to the addiction thing. Um, I'm going to, everybody, I want everybody to give everybody's final thoughts on, on, on because we are, we, yeah. we're going to have another one in December. But, you know, we've got tomorrow is Thanksgiving. It's a really hard time for people. It's, you know, it's rough. And uh, what are you, what are your guys' advice to people for, for, you know, trying to, trying to keep healthy mentally tomorrow? I, well, I would say, you know, go where you know that um, you're safe and comfortable or don't go at all. I, I mean, there's always somebody with, usually you have one friend and I'm sure if you have one friend, they're a good friend and they'll be there for you. And also just remember, you know, there are many people worse off. There are people who have died because of this, uh, 
powerful dis-ease and, um, you know, and, and try to remember, you know, the good things that you do have. And I know I do that. I have to do that because I'm human and I can let that slip away and get caught up in all kinds of stuff. So um, gratitude lists would be great. Start doing that. And I also will say one more thing. I am so grateful I met all of you. I mean, it's so nice to be able to um, talk about some of the things that I can't talk to everybody about. And being a part of this, this show is, is like amazing. And I'm so grateful to be here. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Well, thank you, Anna. I'm adding to the task, Chris and Karen, that I also want you to add what you're grateful for, too, after you help out, oh, wow. you know, help the people out and how to get through tomorrow. Karen. Okay. Well, my family's a little odd because we already celebrated, so I won't be doing anything tomorrow. And that kind of bothers me and I can get really down in the dumps about it, but I try to just enjoy the quiet time. We already had our Thanksgiving. So I try to, you know, be grateful that I had a Thanksgiving to go to. And so if anybody's bored or lonely and wants to chat tomorrow, I'm free. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would do, I would say find a place where there are people and listen to music that you enjoy, watch a movie that you enjoy, find the old, the things that you used to enjoy doing before addiction took over. Or before all of this insanity of the world took over, go back to those things that you enjoy. That even are as a child, you. things yeah. that I find that comforting. You know, watching the A Team, I like to watch that when I was a kid. Yeah, if you, you know? have, if there's a child that you know of that isn't prob that doesn't have a parent or a grandparent, do something with the child. Color, go for a walk. I mean, so many kids are just starving for attention, and they're everywhere. Nice. And, and what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for you guys. Um, Anne's a really awesome person and Chris and you too. So, and everybody in the chat, I appreciate all the comments. It's just really cool. Nice. Nice. Chris. Well, I'm grateful for all of you and everyone in the chat and everything. And uh, I'm very honored to be here with you guys. I love you all everybody and um uh if you're finding yourself being a if you're alone tomorrow just do you know just like karen was saying watch a funny movie watch an old george carlin bit or watch an old tv show like night court or something you know <laughs> that's a great like that. yeah, it's a yeah. wonderful life is a good one that's a great one. Yeah, that that too. You can watch Rambo too if that if that that Rambo's okay. If that tickles your foot, that type of bone. Well, there you go. You got that too. You know, he <laughs> drew first blood, not me. Danger, you ask. The Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say you asked me, I didn't ask you. All right, never mind. They drew first blood anyway. Um, or you could do, you know, if you're a creative type and you're finding yourself by yourself, finding yourself by yourself, by yourself, like myself, tomorrow I'm going to be uh, digging out, digging uh, a couple of screenplays I've been working on that I want to get made next year. 
once and for all. And I, I went on this, this whole boring rant the other night about it, but um, I want to make that a reality and not just something on a paper or on a PDF or whatever. And I just want to say uh, I'm really grateful to someone named Jen. And I won't go into who that that person is, but I'm just grateful that I met this person about a quarter century ago, just about, because I'm like 95 years old right now. So anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, I'm just grateful for, you know, good knowing good people like yourselves are in existence and that I'm not so as alone as I once, not just once, many times thought I was, you know, so thank you for having me. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, my advice is, is kind of like what Chris said a little bit, you know, find yourself, if you're alone, number one, you know, find yourself something to distract you, uh, a project, a model, uh, anything, any, uh, like Chris says, writing a screenplay, whatever it is you're into, try to find something to distract yourself from, from being alone. Um, and another thing, you know, is, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's the holidays and I, and I, I'm not trying to, to put this in, in a weird way, but, but we tend to in this society because it's commercialized to make more out of the holidays and, 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 and actually look at them in a way that they're not really meant to be looked at. You know, everybody's supposed to be partying and, and buying gifts or, you know, doing this and doing that. And that's not all mandatory stuff. You know, I mean, if you're religious, you're not going to be lonely because you you have God. If you're not religious, you know, find something to distract you or or find something new. Or like Chris said, or I said, find something from your childhood. Watch, you know, go on a movie marathon with yourself. I hate advocating watching TV. You know, I'm not a big fan of it, but I watch Westerns, you know, a lot. You know, we'll be on the TV tomorrow, you know, while I'm cooking. I will at my house too. <laughs> you know, so... So, you know, that's, that's, that is, uh, that, that's the way to keep yourself, just keep your mind occupied and don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. I'm all alone. What a loser I am. No, you know what? It's okay to think that. And, and again, guys, don't get mad. This is for people who are having a, a tough time. All right. Everybody knows me. So I'm not trying to like do an agenda here. It's just another day. Put that in your head. This is just another day. And I'm going to get through this day. And, and guess what? Friday Thanksgiving's over, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I would, you know, as far as being thankful, I'm number one, you know, I'm thankful for, for my, my grandchildren, my family and the friends that I have, you know, everything that I've, I, I have, you know, the food, all of that. I'm very thankful for that. My dog bouncer, I love him very much. You know, I'm thankful for mama tiger, you know, I'm thankful for, I have a lot to be thankful for. And I, I'm really thankful to everyone in the, in the audience, in the chat all these great people I've met over the last couple of years, you know, I, I, you know, you guys, I'm talking about you guys, you know, I, I just, I, I, I am very, I consider myself an extremely lucky person. And, you know, I don't want to thank the panel for coming together with me every month on this extremely important topic. That's very near and dear to my heart, you know? So, but with that being said, I just, you know, thank you all. I mean, I really appreciate it, everybody. Pat the Plumber, what's going on, bro? I seen you. You're a little bit late. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, everybody good? Any closing thoughts or we're good? I'm good. Nice. Group hug. <laughs> all right. Yeah, group hug. Rest in peace, Joe. I didn't say his name earlier, but his name was Joe, my, my friend. And uh, 
Thanks for having us, Franco. Remember, if you're in a, you're an addict, you're out there suffering or you're recovering and you're having problems, you're not alone. You can reach out to any of us on Twitter. Oh, really quick. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, I'm not being professional. And where can people find you on Twitter? Say they want to reach out to you. Is it okay if they reach out to you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Chris, oh my gosh, 16890 or something like that. So I think they're under, is it, oh man, I think most of the people can see on most of the posts. I'm usually under all the people's names. Like It is. Uh, can I say your Twitter out loud? Absolutely. Like uh, I didn't ever take attention. Ladies and gentlemen, is at C-R-I-S-T 691890. Oh, so, wow, I was way off. <laughs> Karen, where can people, is it okay if people get a hold of you? They need, you know, a support link? Sure. Um, I don't know. What is, I don't know. I'm on Twi uh, Twitter too. I'm under your if they go to one of your posts, they'll okay, see my so name in the if list. If you want to find Karen on Twitter, it's at K C A R P E twenty seven, and that's on Twitter. Hey guys, God if you want, you boomers. can email me at yeah. Angry Tigers Den, and I can get one of these in contact. One of these yeah. two. I'd be glad to talk to anybody for sure. Me too, Mr. Me Graves. Too. Where can the good people find you? No, I just want to be left alone. I'm. Uh, I'm <laughs> Yeah, Graves mask guy, because uh, I, I don't know if you, you guys remember, I had a different uh, moniker a while ago, and it wasn't so nice, but it was hard getting guests with uh, a curse word in your name. Just think about it. Graves mask guy was not always mask guy, because I thought I was cute. I wasn't. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, I got a show on Free World FM coming up at 10, I believe, called Cranium Blender. So uh, that's more of a pop culture thing. That's like the MTV show that never existed. That's how I, I thought of it like. You talk of pop culture, play some music video clips, which is really kind of stupid because it's an audio show. So you're not really going to be able to see anything. But, you know, I, I make little quips and little uh, trivia things here and there. So I sent Billy Ray Valentine an MP3 of uh, a couple of things I recorded just in case because I haven't been able to be on Free World because of the the technology and everything up until very, very recently. So that's Cranium Blender. And uh, I got a bunch of other shows. Uh, my head hurts right now, so I can't remember. But uh... Gotcha. Gotcha. He's got Digging with Chris Graves. Check him out on Rumble, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Digging with Chris Graves. And uh, I am Angry Tiger. You can find me all over the place. Angry Tiger's newsletter on Substack. You can find me on BitChute, Angry Tiger's Den, Rumble, Angry Tiger's Den. Um, and, you know, again, remember, just just keep keep your hope alive. Don't let all this bad stuff get into your brain and, and seduce you into using or relapsing or whatever it might be. And, and I don't mean this in a non-religious way, but love yourself, care for yourself, take care for, take care of yourself. And if you have a friend who needs help, take care of them or a family member, take care of them. Everybody in the audience, take care of each other. And with that being said, yeah. remember, time is your most valuable commodity. Try not to waste it. Cherish it. Use it wisely. Do, spend it doing something you love with someone you love or improving user, yourself, preferably all three of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for viewing. Everyone have a very happy Thanksgiving. And until we meet again. Your time is your most valuable commodity. Cherish it and use it wisely until we meet again.